0: Welcome to Between the Lines, an Oaks Church Brooklyn podcast where we go behind the scenes of our current series, The Story of God, alongside our pastors and a few friends. We hope you enjoy. All right, guys, welcome back to Between the Lines. I am Ryan Diaz, the discipleship pastor here at Oaks Church Brooklyn. I am not with my normal partner in crime, Patrick Boatwright, our lead pastor. Pastors being partners in crime seems actually maybe a bad analogy, <laughs> but I am with um, Aria, who is one of our deacons of discipleship, Hello. and he's joining me because Patrick is not on this podcast. So, Aria, how are you? Tell people a bit about yourself, what you do.
1: Yeah, I'm good, Ryan. Thanks for having me. Um I'm a software engineer by trade, but one of the deacons of discipleship here. Um I've been m- most recently involved with running running Sunday school. Um as yeah. the people know.
0: Yeah, yeah, how's that been going?
1: Sunday school is good. People are coming asking asking questions, you know. Again, a lot of people thought like is Sunday school just for just for kids and <laughs> I want to remind everyone that First of all, we are all kids of of God, and He <laughs> has asked us to uh, have our have faith like like kids. But um, it's been good. A lot of good tough questions. We've been digging into Scripture, and yeah, it's been
0: good. Yeah, if you could frame for someone who hasn't been to Sunday school yet, um, what's kind of the setup? Like, what would they experience?
1: We come in, and then we start with the we you know welcome the Holy Spirit to help us. Um, and then to to you know uh, prepare our minds and hearts, and then we read scripture usually on either and it's going with with the series. So yeah. if the sermon um, is in Genesis, then we're somewhere there as well, right? Yeah, yeah. And then we read it, and then just start to dig in. Like people start to ask questions. People start mm. to say, "Oh, this thing stood out to me. What does yeah, what does yeah. this mean?" And it's been good.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I've got to attend a few of them. Couple, got to lead yeah. one and. It's been such a cool space, so I want to encourage all the people out there who haven't been to Sunday School Mm -hmm. yet to come. Stay after service, check it out, Mm -hmm. go grab a coffee, and then come chill with us at Sunday School. But with that shameless plug over with, (laughs) let me just frame for a moment where we are in the story for everyone listening. So this past Sunday, I got the opportunity to kind of lead us to one of our waypoints in the series. So as -hmm. you think, as we're like consuming the story in chapters, we have ended one chapter— and next Sunday, Patrick, Patrick will be taking us into the next chapter of the story. So this mm-hmm. Sunday was kind of like a little waypoint, a little mile marker, as we kind of process where we've been and foreshadowed where we're going. And so I thought for today's podcast, it might be just helpful to kind of revisit where we've been in that, like, what questions have come up for people as we've gone through really the first 11 chapters of Genesis. Mm-hmm. And so, Aria, I thought... To ask you, like, as you've been doing Sunday school and you've actually been on the front lines of sitting with people and their questions, like, Mm. I thought maybe, like, what are two or three, like, pertinent questions or themes that have come up? And maybe we could speak to some of that.
1: Yeah, well, one of them that first came to mind came up this past Sunday, and it was based on, and remember you had the slide that was like, here's the uh, covenant with Adam, and then Noah and then Abraham Moses and David Mm -hmm. and how Jesus fulfills them all yeah and a question I got was you know like why did all this need to happen if like (laughs) Christ is going to come and like fix it all later anyway like what's the point of having these five is is God like trying thing after thing yeah and
0: plan a plan b yeah and then he's like
1: (laughs) well none of that worked let me just try something else
0: yeah that's a phenomenal question I think we can get into a bit of theology here Hmm. um And so this has been a question I think that's has come up multiple times is like, if we understand God to have some sort of foreknowledge, why does he then have to go through all these steps? Mm -hmm. And I think if you'd ask a theologian um, this question, I think they would first take us to the Trinity and saying, what is agreed upon in the Trinity that then plays out in history? And so um, it's what we understand the trinity is relational so father son spirit like Mm -hmm. as augustine notes the spirit kind of like the love between the father and son spirating between them um but that also personified but then there's also also the missions of the trinity and so the father sends the son the son is the atoning sacrifice the spirit is then the, the 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 presence and activity of god amongst the people of god and so like When we understand these missions, the question is, when did did the Trinity agree to those missions? Mm. And some theologians will argue that actually that happens in time eternity past. That in eternity past, before the foundation of the earth, the the Father, Son, and Spirit already knew what the plan of redemption was going to be. As if to say, to exercise our will and create, and to create creatures with will, we will need a plan of redemption. Because this is what's going to happen when you give creatures will. Mm -hmm. And so... The the covenants then become this progressive way in and through real human history, God sets up his plan of redemption. And so the, for me, what that says is not God's trying things over and over again, but something I've always taken from from the letters of Peter, like, that God is not slow as we understand slowness. Hmm. That God has this gradual progressive um, view of redemption that accounts for humanity and accounts for who he was going to reveal himself to be in Jesus Christ. And if you look at these, especially if you look at Hebrews and how all the things in the Old Testament are shadows or types of what Christ would be, Mm. then it almost makes sense that in order for us to understand Christ, these things needed to happen. This progress of revelation needed to happen so we could fully understand the person and work of Christ, Mm. which the Old Testament gives um, context to. I don't know. What what are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, no, uh, I... I also I I remember at the moment thinking like a lot of times we look at we you know we we have the entirety of scripture now that's like one of the yeah. one of the benefits of our day and age and also we're just we have like the foresight or the hindsight of all the of all the history yeah but these things happened in real time yeah. to real people so like the uh with like with like Abraham like God was giving him a great mercy by like making this, making this deal with him, let's say, and, or, or giving him a, uh, a, a sign yeah. to, to, to reassure him. So these are things that like Abraham needed. Yeah. And the fact that like Christ comes later and fulfills it is yeah, like the, the total story and revelation that we have now today, but these things had to happen in the time they happened for the people it happened to, because mm-hmm. they needed something from God. Yeah. And so that that also makes it bit, make a bit more sense where we like today tend to look back and just think like we like look at it holistically when, when you're in that time. Yeah. They were getting something they needed at that time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So that kind of speaks to that progressive nature of mm-hmm. God's revelation. And so, yeah, I think in light of that, I think when we, we, we talked a bit about covenants this Sunday mm-hmm. – and a bit about um, the nature of those covenants. Did anything come up in Sunday school about the covenants in particular? Any questions people had?
1: Um, I think, I think it's always going to be tough, right, to wrap your head around this thing that we don't really do, yeah, anymore. I mean, like no yeah. one's, no one's not in the way they did in the ancient. Yeah, years. like yeah. no one is conquering us or anyone that we know, and then giving them a deal. Yeah, like hey, you have to do this and send me sheep every every month, and you know, so it's it's kind of tough to wrap your head around. But besides that, I think no people, I think I think it landed like people people weren't too confused.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think so when I think back to that, so we've been kind of tracking with this story, and we're kind of getting to this turn in the chapter. What are some like pertinent themes that have come up um, as as like kind of like the 'Cause I know sometimes you kinda of go through a story and similar questions get asked. Mm-hmm. And I, I wonder if there's anything you'd think would be worth reflecting on.
1: From from the past eleven chapters? Yeah. So.
0: Like what has come up in Sunday school? What are people thinking about?
1: Um hmm. I think in during the creation narrative, mm. a big a big thing was like like men and women and the mm. different um the order in which they were made or the the different way they were they were uh like spoken to or especially in like the fall like yeah what happened to the women versus what happened to the men that was that was definitely i think a uh point of interest and i Mm. imagine it'll continue through our story especially when we when we're getting to right now like abraham and uh sarah yeah. And even the rest of the family like things things of that nature.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, when I reflect on that personally and how I understand some of those narratives is we're we're going to about to see in the upcoming chapters this very disordered relationship between men and women. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, spoiler alert, it's going to be men using their power to get what they want from women but also too there's also then this there's this because children become so important to the story Mm -hmm. there's also going to be this this cry of of the women in the story for children and actually then highlights exactly what happens in the genesis 3 part where where Mm -hmm. god kind of lists the consequences for adam and eve if we understand what god tells eve which is there'll be pain in your child rearing right mm-hmm. there'll be tra- pain in, in in your in the in the gift of children um and that that somehow that will disorder your relationship to your husband hmm. we can understand that as like and people have understood like oh that, that's why childbirth is painful but I, I don't think that's what the author is getting at. i think what the for myself what the author is getting at is in the ancient world Children were a source of great pain for mothers. We we have to remember, in an agricultural society, children were your workforce, mm-hmm. and so to sustain yourself, you needed to have multiple children. But that means, in an ancient world, that means you're having a lot of stillbirths and a lot of mm-hmm. um, a lot of sadly, a lot of death around birth, and that's a source of great pain. Mm-hmm. So we actually see this in the story that in as these women desire children, that'll be a source of great pain for them. So I think it actually illustrates like. What God is speaking to is, not, is is just the reality in a broken world of what happens when we desire something greatly, but in a fallen world, it, it's, it doesn't come easily. Mm-hmm. And so you see throughout this, we'll see with Abraham, Sarah, and Hagar. We'll see it with Rachel and Leah. Mm-hmm. We'll see it with, with these women who desire children because the children are also securing their future, mm-hmm. and yet the great pain those that causes. And so, yeah, I think... It's interesting to see already in Genesis 3, we're already going to to begin to see this play out. And I wonder as we're listening to these stories coming up, we keep that in the back of our minds. Like, oh, we're actually seeing the effects of the fall in these first few chapters of Genesis after Abraham.
1: Yeah, that'll be good to keep in mind.
0: Yeah. And I I think just even speaking to that too, I wonder when we've talked a bit about the creation narrative, what other um i, I that's so funny i was talking to someone um yesterday and just talking to them about their experience of the series and they said like you know it was really hard for me to like locate myself in the creation story it's so big it's so bad mm-hmm. vast, it's so ethereal H- how do you find yourself locating yourself in like these how did you find yourself locating yourself in these first like 11 chapters of genesis how did you kind of anchor yourself and relate to these stories
1: Hmm. that's a good question i don't know if i have thought about it yeah i think to me the most relevant thing is like okay how did everything come to be Mm. and maybe even more relevant and important to me is like who who is our god and i think that that is the most relevant thing to me Mm -hmm. versus like where am i in the story because i guess to me like okay so this is how the world was made this is how um this is how the flood came and that's that's fine it doesn't really like directly pertain to today sure um but I think what it tells us about who our who our God is and how He relates to us, that definitely relates that that relates mm. to me every day. Yeah. Right. So how so? I think that's just how I focus on it. Well yeah. um I mean Genesis one and two is just so so clear on like the the, the magnitude and the um just authority of God. Yeah, like just speaks everything into existence, Mm. and so, and he's above everything. Mm. There's, 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 you know, all these other uh, narratives of like gods who made the world, but they had to like fight to make it, or there's a like a there's a battle throughout history between this like good and evil. Like none of that is true for us, Mm. you know. We just have the God, you know, Yahweh uh, above everything, Mm. and he made everything. And um that everything was good. Yeah. So like that that initial aspect is just it's just good to know that there's not you know, I think even there's just a lot of even myths and stories that people like and like we watch shows about, but it's this like struggle of good and evil, but we don't really have that. Like good is one from the beginning. Yeah. And anything bad is still under God's uh authority. Yeah. So that just gives you, you know, peace. Yeah. Once you once you're once you're rooted in that. Um and then then you you go to Genesis 3 and there's the fall, so that, you know, tells me about the nature of sin and how it's like mm. ingrained in all of us. Um you know, you go a couple chapters later, actually one more, Genesis 4. No, no, I think it was maybe 6, that every, you know, thought of man was was mm. was, you know, evil. Yeah. And it's like, okay, do I think that's different today like no, not really. Sure. I'm sure yeah. in, in all of us, like there's this little bit of selfishness or a little bit of... Um, or a lot of it. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's at least sure. yeah, in every human, just uh, this little thing of like, I want to be in control. I, I mm. want this and if it's going to hurt someone else. I'm going to either ignore it or even uh, like say that's fine as long as I get mine, you know, as yeah. long as I get what yeah. I want. And yeah, I think that, I think those those things that describe the nature of our world and the nature of the laws of our world are like how I find myself mm. relating to it. Most. Yeah.
0: That's interesting. I think as I asked you the question a thought came to my mind which was there's a presumption I think we have that every part of the Bible should speak to us directly mm-hmm. and like that we can draw an easy line from the words on the page to our lives
1: one-to-one
0: yeah like this kind of one-to-one application and then i think if that's your presupposition it is difficult to relate to it but i think what you're describing is this kind of this holistic picture yeah like yeah like i don't know what i'm gonna do with this about monday but the story is forming me and shaping me and how i see the world Mm. and i think that might be a more holistic approach to relating to scripture we're not always trying to find like this kind of personal word to us but this way of seeing this yeah. way of interacting with the world that i that i find to be true of how the scriptures actually function
1: yeah this uh, is like the rule of life right isn't yeah. that what was one of the one of the rules is yeah, being to, being rooted in the story of god the story of god that's yeah. exactly what we're talking
0: Yeah, i think that's the point and that's why we didn't put being rooted um or like the the, the rule of life kind of for the good way isn't like Read scripture, mm. or like apply scripture, mm-hmm. like because that presumes that scripture functions that way. But mm-hmm. to live in the stories, to be rooted in the stories, to have the story shape us. Mm. What, what what I'd love to just get to um, right now is to kind of set up where we're going, um, and maybe reflect on it, and then maybe we can, you know, kind of see where this leaves us off as we get ready for this next chapter. But we're kind of closing Genesis one to eleven. And so we have this very broad human story, right? This is kind of like the origins of man. Mm -hmm. We're getting the um, the, the big picture of humanity, sin, fall, the human race. And now as we turn to the story of Abram, who later becomes Abraham, Mm -hmm. we now turn from this kind of large human story to this particular story about a particular man, a particular family, and a particular people. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's kind of the turn we're making. We're going from... The story of humanity, now we're narrowing this focus, but I think something to keep in mind as we're with this kind of narrow focus of this particular family and particular people, that in the beginning of Abraham's story, there's this promise to bless the nations through this family. Mm-hmm. And so even though we're outside of the broad strokes of human history, we are we're still with this family speaking about the whole of humanity mm. because it's this family – through which God wants to bless the nation. So, that's kind of where where we're going. And I wonder, you know, b- before we kind of wrap up and transition um, and 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 kind of reflect on what, where we've been, I would love, love to ask you, Aria, where or what questions are you holding as you enter this part of the story?
1: Hmm. You know, if I just try to ignore what I know about what's coming yeah, yeah. <laughs> and focus on the story so far... I think it's been, there's just been ups and downs, but no clear path forward, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, the fall happened, okay, and then you have the family of Adam and Eve and um, uh, Cain and Abel, and that's that's clearly like a down, there was a murder in the family, and then Seth comes, you're like, okay, this might be an upward trend, mm. but then you get to Noah and it's like, okay, well, clearly the world is, is messed up. Falling apart. Yeah. Yeah. And then so Noah but Noah's Noah's a righteous man and so they the the plan of salvation becomes through 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 Noah and then so that seems like another upward trend. But then as soon as we get out of the ark, there's another downward trend of a broken family, yeah, a son shaming his dad. Um yeah. the son not getting cursed, but his lineage getting cursed. Yeah. Um and so that's kind of where we left off, right? I mean, yeah. in the Sunday school we hit, we hit Babel. Yeah. Um and
0: just another example of human brokenness. Yeah,
1: just people trying to build themselves up uh towards God uh and even, you know, become become gods in a way. And mm. Yeah, there's there's right now we're we're in this limbo like okay, we keep seeing these ups and downs but like what is what is God's plan? Like, are we going to be reconciled to him or is this our fate to just roam the earth and hurt each other? Yeah. That's a,
0: I think that's a great like way to look at the story moving forward is like, where's the through line. Mm. And if we take out our, our our foresight of what's to come, that is the real tension of the story. Yeah. I love that you bring that up. I think for myself, a question I'm holding as I'm entering this, we enter this next set of stories is, how does God continue to work with faithless people? Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you know, I think if you go to Sunday school, no pun intended, um, Abraham, father of faith, father Abraham had many sons, many sons had father Abraham, right? Like there's this with this rosy picture of Abraham. Mm-hmm. But at the beginning of the story, he tries to sell his wife to Pharaoh. You mm-hmm. know, like he 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 his and then his he participates in this scheme with his wife to essentially um use sexual violence to pr- produce an heir via hagar mm-hmm. and then we get to his sons and then we get to the schemer who's of jacob right and then mm-hmm. we, we we continue this kind of trend and it's like and yet god is using this really broken family to do and to act out his plan of salvation mm-hmm. and, and and my question is like like i guess it's a question that would never be answered but like how does god in his great holiness and goodness why does he continue to strive with broken humanity
1: mm.
0: and maybe i feel that tension cuz for myself i ask the same question of myself mm. why does god continue to strive with me as broken as frail as i am as sinful as i can i have the capacity to be mm-hmm. so that's something i'm kind of holding so i guess we'll leave with this um what is one way um, this series series has blessed you personally so far, outside of kind of the abstract theological notions? But hmm. like, yeah, like for you and your own faith journey, like how, where where have you met God as we've been journeying so far in the story?
1: Hmm. I think an interesting thing. I don't know if this is the answer you're looking for. <laughs> All good. No, we'll Give see. Me. The the interesting thing that rose up for me, and I think others too, as we've, we've heard was like, it's not, it wasn't like a faith slash theological thing, but maybe like a church thing. Mm. And it was like, you know, when we started this series and the, the story was being told through, you know, um, like a, like a re, like a re wording. Yeah. Retelling. yeah. Yeah. Um, and we weren't reading scripture directly that initially like threw up some red flags in my mind cuz yeah, i'm like yeah. i've never i'm not used to this or yeah. uh you know whoa what's what's like going on here and are we are we missing out on something if we if we do this or you know so just these these like just these thoughts right yeah but after you know it's obviously been like a month or two and i think we've we've you know as I've, as I've sat with it and thought with it, I'm like, why, why is this even a, a, uh, concern? I've thought about like, you know, even when we read scripture, then usually it's, it's, it's explained or elaborated on. So when you just do that in one, like when you reword it, you're just doing that all in one. Yeah. Um, What's the real difference there? There's not really a difference. And then, and then just that like, You know, for many, many generations, like people would go to church, hear maybe Latin or something that they had no idea what was being said. Yeah, and it was still like good for them, and it was Mm. still, it was still, it was still a blessing, and it was still, um, you know, they would eat of the bread and and drink of the wine, and they would, they were getting, they were getting blessed to this uh, service. So, I don't know. I've just been trying to wrap my head around all of that. Yeah, and that's been uh challenging but also good and i'm coming to the other side of like this you know makes sense and it's and it's good it was just an interesting mm-hmm. thing to like happen sure and think about like whoa is this is this okay you know yeah i think it's great you bring that up um i think as someone who's on the
0: who's who, who's who's teaching for from a lot of this series yeah it's it's weird to do right because i yeah. think we're We have an idea of how a sermon should operate or Mm -hmm. does operate. And um, I think part of it speaks to something earlier about how we think the Bible functions, Mm -hmm. which is like if I can't make this immediately relevant to my life, then how is it relevant? Mm -hmm. I think that's something I was even as I was writing some of these teachings Mm -hmm. was that feeling of like, oh, but what am I going to give them for Monday? And I know deep down inside I don't have to. And nor do I always do that when I'm preaching. But there was this sense of like, Oh, I'm bucking the order of things. Mm. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, um, what if I just let? What if after this teaching, I just left everyone with a question? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Would that be beneficial? And I, and I wonder if actually, rather than discovering something new, like a new way of doing things, we are just participating in a tradition that's much older than ours. Mm -hmm. Which is that's how these stories were processed. Even in like, um, you look at how of like rabbinic students. Would, would, would deal with, with scripture which was they would sit and ask questions and, and meditate together on these things and this kind of looking for this kind of authoritative picture of this this kind of interpretation this application whatever you call it mm-hmm. is something kind of something that kind of arises um later in history so i wonder if we're just like returning to something and that has given yeah. me great comfort so I don't know about you, but I'm excited to get into the Patriarchs in these oh, yeah. next, it's going to be a wild ride. <laughs> um, and also we're on like the ride to Easter, which is even crazy that Easter's four weeks away. Yeah. Holy week is um, four weeks away. So with I think we have a lot to be excited for. And when is Sunday school? Just so everyone remembers.
1: Sunday school is every Sunday right after church, one o'clock. So you have time to go get a coffee, get some lunch, come back and all you need is to bring yourself.
0: awesome ask some questions awesome well guys that's between the lines thank you for joining us